Make your plans now to join us for the G3 National Conference, September 30th through October 2nd, as we'll gather for Christian fellowship and the worship of God through song and the preached word. Our theme for the 2021 conference will be centered on biblical Christology. You can find registration details at g3men.org. Get 15% off by mentioning code G3BAR. That's G3BAR. Make your plans now to join us for the G3 National Conference, September 30th through October 2nd, as we'll gather for Christian fellowship and the worship of God through song and the preached word. Our theme for the 2021 conference will be centered on biblical Christology. You can find registration details at g3men.org. Get 15% off by mentioning code G3BAR. That's G3BAR. the bar come on and pull up a seat and open up your bible what a wonderful feast the living bread and we're discussing what it means for the streets the inner cities and the burbs and every person we meet this is where we challenge worldviews that we hear from world news in light of the scripture we are here to serve you we're your source for resources to help you on your way as you battle mean forces this is for the people who can see the importance of sound theology and the scripture that support it and this is for the truth lovers biblically performing preaching christ to the nations yeah welcome to the of reformation yeah the bar biblical and reformed welcome everybody to the bar it's your boy Dwayne in the building so excited to be in here another tuesday super super excited because this uh pastor is actually not too far from me i have pastor Derek thomas how are you sir i am well good to meet you Yes, sir. Good to meet you, too. Uh, you're so close. Our, uh, we got to make sure we, we, we find a way to meet face to face one day, man. I, I think that would be really awesome. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, you need to come to the capital of the of the state in Columbia. <laughs> yeah, I agree. I agree. Yeah, it's a little hotter in Columbia than it is here, but I definitely have to make that happen. Um, first off, Dr. Thomas. Like I said, I want to thank you for taking time out of your busy schedule. We were able to make this work. Um, and I want you, for those that may not know you, to give kind of a brief background, uh, you know, whatever you want to share, whether it's personal or professional, up to where we are now. Sure, sure. Um, well, uh, I grew up in Britain, in Wales, uh, went to school there, uh, came to the United States in the mid-'70s, uh, to study at Reformed Theological Seminary in Jackson, Mississippi. Then uh, then went back to Britain in 1978, uh, served in a church in downtown Belfast in Northern Ireland for mm. 17 years, uh, and then returned to the States in 1996, uh, first of all to Jackson, Mississippi, back to my alma mater, and I taught uh, systematic theology at the seminary, and also... I was the evening preacher at First Presbyterian Church, uh, where Ligon Duncan was the senior minister. But then six years ago, oh. I moved to Columbia, to First uh, Presbyterian Church. Uh, f first of all, I still teach for the seminary, uh, but I was the evening preacher for Sinclair Ferguson. 
And then he retired mm. four years ago, and then I became the senior minister, which is what I am now uh, at uh, First Pres. And I, I'm, um, I'm a chancellor's professor for uh, Reformed Theological Seminary. Uh, and I guess uh, I'm a fellow of Ligonier Ministries. That's, that's <laughs> you know. But more important than any of those, uh, I have a wife called Rosemary, and I have two uh, children, two grandchildren, uh, and two dogs and a cat. Gotcha. Okay. That's awesome. That's awesome. That's that's an awesome journey. Uh, you've been with and around some uh, some dynamic guys, uh, you know, Ferguson and uh, and 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 Duncan. Um, as far as uh, your journey, I guess you know where you started and 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 coming to the states, going back. Um, what you what would you say? Because I have a lot of uh, local pastors that listen to my show. Uh, what would you say, I guess, uh, some tips or whatever when it comes to being patient in ministry? Because you, you didn't arrive to the senior position, you know, right away. What what helped you with, you know, just being patient and, and waiting your turn and, and, and things like that? Sure. And I'm not sure how um, ambition works, you know, in ministry. I remember mm-hmm. as a very mm-hmm. young minister uh somebody asked me what's this a career move and i said you know i've never really thought of the ministry as a career uh, uh I, I saw it more as a calling and mm-hmm. um uh I, you know i think you have to be in whatsoever state you are there in to be content and i i think that wherever god has placed you whatever whatever your role is in god's providence you know you need to you need to, whatsoever your hand finds to do, do it with all your might and uh, find right. fulfillment in uh, the gifts that you have and the and the providence that has opened up before you. Um, otherwise, life just gets, you know, if you're always, if you're always wanting something that's around the corner, you don't enjoy the good things that God has given to you right now. Right, right. That's so true. So true. So, uh uh, that that's one thing that um you know I, I I talk to a lot of guys um just because of this platform and 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 everybody I've had on you know it's always a you know humble beginning you you serve where you are and then when opportunity comes you take it so that's awesome um as far as being in Colombia because you know I know the dynamic here um there is a lot of uh uh I guess bad theology or <laughs> you know there's a lot of you know the bible belt mentality have you i mean experienced or or i guess does that even i guess touch your world the whole uh uh i guess bible belt bad theology you know are you running into any of that at your church or people coming in or how does that work well first Presbyterian Church is, um, first of all, it's a Presbyterian Church. It's a confessional church, so it subscribes to right, the right. Confession. It's been here uh, for almost 220 years. Um, mm. You know, it, it's 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 very comfortable in its own skin, as they say. Um, mm-hmm. You know, we are we are a church committed to reform theology, and uh, so mm-hmm. our ministers have to subscribe uh, the Westminster Confession. Um, we have a long-standing tradition at the church of ministers who uh, 
preach Reformed theology and expound the scriptures and engage in expository preaching. So, because we're not a new church, you know, we tend to we tend right. to have members who expect that. So we don't in the church suffer from bad theology only to the extent that there's always there's always somebody spouting something that that maybe isn't quite right. But but mm-hmm. uh, of course we're we're surrounded by a culture that is opposed not just to Reformed theology, but is opposed to Christianity. And uh, yes. so like any other, like any city downtown church, yes, we we are facing um, the pressure of counter culture uh, opposition mm-hmm. to uh, to the Bible and to basic issues of morality. So so things that you could take for granted, you know, twenty years ago, you can't take for granted anymore. And um, right. There's a cost to standing firm to the doctrines of grace and and to the gospel. Right, right. Yeah, that's true. Um, you know, I my story, uh, just to let you know, my, my listeners are probably tired of hearing it now, but um, I grew up uh, Baptist, and uh, then I moved to South Carolina, where I became Word of Faith, uh, Pentecostal. Uh, I was attending uh, one of the biggest churches in Greenville area, and uh, was really into it, and, and kind of fell away from that, and, and I had a, a buddy at my job that was actually a Presbyterian pastor, and he literally brought me in his office and walked me through the Westminster Confession, and uh, and that that was my my turnaround. So that I, I I seen both sides, you know. I seen the 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 heresy, you know, and and I seen the the the, the you know the wild you know word of faith, you know, name it claim it stuff, and then you know to be introduced to sound theology, you know, and I, that that's that's something that that's changed my life, and that actually what birthed this podcast. You know, because I wanted to get that out there and and uh, and and let people know, because there may be people in in Colombia that don't even know you're there, doctor. I mean, just just being honest, you know, don't even know there's a or or don't know that that you know there's a sound uh, church, you know, that close to them. So that's that's kind of why I do what I do. So well, thank you. And go ahead. Um, it it you know for me, I I wasn't raised in a Christian home. I was 18 when I first heard the gospel, and uh, but from the moment that I got saved, I, I went to uh, a church that preached uh, the Reformed faith and um, the doctrines nice. of grace. So I've I've never known anything else. Uh, you know, I'm aware that's of all awesome. the the stuff that's out there, but I personally have never been involved in any of it. Wow. Yeah, that's that is definitely a blessing. <laughs> that's so much I had to unlearn, you know. <laughs> sure. Yes, sure. sir. So um, with the, the RTS, you, what what is it that you do there again with the Reformed Theological Seminary? Reformed Theological Seminary, it's, um, you know, one of the largest seminaries in the United States with campuses in uh, Dallas and Houston and Jackson and Orlando and Atlanta, Charlotte, um, Washington, New York, Memphis, and and so on. Uh, I I taught uh, systematic theology at uh, at the campus in Jackson for mm-hmm. sixteen years, and for the last six years I've been on the campus in Atlanta. Uh, and just a, actually, just a few weeks ago, I became the 
Chancellor's Professor of Systematic Theology mm. um, for RTS. That's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah, I, I love uh, the fact that RTS you know, has have those uh, courses on an app. Uh, but for those guys that that can't go to seminary just yet, you know, like me, <laughs> I take full advantage of my my resources. So so that's that's sure. that's really, really good. Yeah. And um, so as far as uh, as that go at that as that go, um, what have you noticed, I guess, in, in the the culture of the students? Um, that 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 may have came through there. What what are some of the things that you might have noticed um, as far as the way it used to be? You know, I guess we first started sixteen plus years ago to now. What what are some of the things that you've noticed, whether it be for for good or for bad? I think what continues to amaze me is the fact that there are always uh, students wanting to give their lives full-time to gospel ministry in some form, whether mm-hmm. here or, or abroad. And mm-hmm. in in my experience, there are more of them now than there were, say, 20 years ago. So uh, whatever is happening out there in the culture, um, mm-hmm. you know, there are young men and, and women who want to give themselves to full-time Christian ministry, whether it's as missionaries or whether it's uh, in more formal settings of being a pastor in a local church or whatever. Um, and and there's, there is no drying up of this source. I don't see, I don't see it. Uh, I think it's harder and tougher to go to seminary now than it was when I went to seminary. Uh, right. You know, se- seminary costs more. Typically, uh, we see students who are married and they already have children and they have a job and 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 so it's just hard to mm-hmm. to do what is what is a postgraduate course that's going to take them three, four, maybe five years, sometimes six years to to complete. And um, so I, I think as a consequence, the the young men, for example, who are heading to be pastors are typically older than they used mm-hmm. to be, maybe maybe 10 years older when they start in full-time ministry. Uh, I was right. 25 when I when I was ordained to the ministry, but uh, I mean, that, that would really, really happen now. I mean, it's more likely that they're 35 before they start. Mm-hmm. Um, right. I see, you know, there's a, there's a, a movement, I think, abroad in the United States, uh, young, restless, and reformed. It's sometimes called, mm-hmm. yep. uh, and I, I, I see that at the seminary. Uh, I, I have, I find no resistance among the students to reformed theology. Uh, indeed, mm-hmm. I find the opposite. I mean, I find an enthusiasm for it. They find uh, other theologies uh, unbiblical, and they find them lacking. Uh, and mm-hmm. they're, they're, they're a gospel that cannot save and cannot cannot deal with the issues that people are having to deal with in this uh, in this society of ours. So um, I, I see lots and lots of things that are very very positive. Um, of course, I mean you can you can sort of talk about millennials and and characteristics of millennials and and seminary students are not immune to some of those characteristics uh, and so on. But um, 
I am just constantly amazed by the provision uh, mm-hmm. of the Lord in uh, just the sheer number of students who just want to give themselves to full-time ministry. Wow. That's awesome. That's really, uh, that's encouraging. And, um, uh, and I hope, hope my listeners are paying attention to that, man. Cause you know, we, we are seeing a, a, a increase in people, you know, the young wrestlers and reform people, uh, coming out of unbiblical doctrine, going to sound, uh, theology. And, uh, my, I guess that leads into my next question. Are you seeing, uh, a increase in the African American community. Uh, are you seeing, seeing any increase on that end? Yes, and uh, particularly in uh, the campus, for example, in in Jackson, Mississippi, uh, there mm-hmm. there is an increasing uh, number uh, of African American students. Uh, Typical in a class that I teach, you know, when I went to seminary in the seventies. I'm not sure there was a single African American in the class. Right. Um and 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 that's not purely a racial question. I mean, that was as much of a theological mm-hmm. issue as anything else. They they just they just weren't reformed. Uh but right. increasingly increasingly now, um one sees African American students who are um reformed in their theology and um uh, and and more and more of them are Presbyterian, whereas they used to be, you know, typically 100% of them would have been more credo-baptist in their views and uh, right. and so on. So uh, we're seeing that, and you see you see that I think um, throughout the campuses in the South, and it's mm-hmm. a most in- encouraging feature. Awesome. That is awesome. Yeah. I, you know, that's, that's another thing that, that, like I said, kind of birthed this whole uh, podcast idea. Um, because like you said, some of it is not even about races, about exposure. Um, you know, not, not knowing because of mom and daddy, you know, they were this, so I'm this, you know, so that, that is very encouraging for sure. So, um, right here, we're going to take a quick break for one of our, uh, network partners. Hi, it's Calvinist Batman. Have you heard of my podcast? I invite a different guest on each week, some who are well-known and others who have secret identities of their own. Each show, we talk about theology, current events, and have some fun, mostly at my guest's expense. So listen to Calvinist Batman and Friends, available on iTunes or your favorite podcast catcher. It's the podcast you need and the one you deserve, because I'm Batman. And we're back. Uh, It's Dwayne with The Bar, and we have Dr. Derek Thomas in the building. Uh, we're having a great conversation um, all the way from Columbia, South Carolina. And uh, Dr. Thomas, what I like to do on the tail end of the show, because we're almost wrapping it up, is I have what I call the bar, quote unquote, signature questions. These are two questions that I ask all my guests. And the purpose for these questions, for those that are listening, is wondering, why does he ask this? Because a lot of times uh, when we talk to uh, different guys or, or different theologians or preachers or somebody you're following, you know, you, you get the, the I guess, the persona. But these questions, I feel like, kind of break through to a more 
personal level. So don't get nervous, Doctor Thomas. It's not not that bad. But uh, okay. <laughs> the first question, the first question is, what kind of music do you listen to? Oh, this is an easy question because I exclusively <laughs> listen to classical music. Um, and I do that nice. because my grandfather died when I was five years old. Uh, mm -hmm. A week before he died, he gave me all of his um, you know, records. We're talking about LPs here. Uh, wow. And, um, you know, we're talking 1960 when this happened. And uh, mm -hmm. I inherited about 500 of these. You know, I, when I became a Christian, I met, uh, I was counseled for a while and discipled, and um, I was told if I wanted to be a real earnest, zealous Christian, I needed to get rid of all these records. So, wow, oh man. And so the next day I took them to, you know, this, this market, sold them all for like five bucks and regretted it ever since. Um, oh, my gosh. But... <laughs> But uh, I'm, um, yeah, I like, um, I like, you know, and I can't say this in manly circles, but I, I like opera. <laughs> oh, okay. You know, okay. That, I, yeah. I have to sort of whis whisper that. <laughs> <laughs> I totally understand. That, that's cool. That's cool. Uh, I like classical myself. Um, definitely when I'm uh, writing, I'm actually in a new venture of starting to write a little little bit so i definitely really? like to listen to classical music. yes sir so um my next bar signature question is and this this it this might not apply to you but we'll see um what kind oh i guess yeah let's do it like this are there any podcasts or sermons that you listen to being that you are you know preacher professor you might not have time for it but anybody is there anybody that you listen to other than, I guess, yourself? I listen to two podcasts, um, f you know, almost every day. Uh, uh, and one is Five Minutes in Church History with um, with uh, uh, Steve and um, yes. at, at Ligonier. And yes. um, I, uh, I listen to it. Um, I listen to it usually when I'm, when I'm driving to and from um, to and from church, and, okay. Um, uh, so pretty much every day um, I, I listen to that, and then I listen to uh, Al Mohler's uh, podcast and um, the briefing, the briefing, and uh, yes, sir. That's, that's pretty. That's just about it, I think. Yeah, that's. Those are two of my favorites. The briefing is definitely at the top. The running joke here is is if Al Mohler did weather, I wouldn't even have to turn my TV on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, I love the briefing. I love uh five minutes church history. Actually, uh kind of a leak uh for my listeners, those are my faithful listeners listeners. we just got a confirmation with uh uh, Dr. Stevens, so uh, look out for him coming up soon on the bar. But anyway, uh, Dr. Thomas, I'm going to ask you, since you have two, this shouldn't be too hard to add one more called the Bar Podcast, and you can listen to it whenever. You don't have to listen to it in church, just whenever you get a chance. <laughs> sure. <laughs> sure. 
That's awesome. That's awesome. Good stuff. Well, sir, I'm not going to hold you long. I really appreciate you um, coming on and, and, and we were Thank able to you. work this out and, and, and it was definitely a blessing. Yes, sir. So what I like to do here is give you the floor. Anything you want to promote or anything you want to uh, say to my listeners, uh, any encouraging words, anything that you want to say. And just keep in mind that this may not air until August. So I just always kind of preface you on that just in case you okay. try to say that, you know, we're having a chicken plate sale next well, week. This and is, it, you know. <laughs> uh, this is just a timeless piece and, um, uh, you know, preach the gospel to yourself every day and uh, mm. so every morning. And every morning, remind yourself that nothing in my hands I bring, simply to thy cross I cling. Uh, that we're saved by grace through faith, and that not of ourselves, it is the gift of God. There's no, there's no work or deed or act that I can do today that can save me more than I'm already saved. And uh, so I do my ministry on the basis uh, that I'm already saved by the blood of Jesus Christ, and not, and not in order that God might somehow love me more than he already does. So preach that wow. gospel to yourself every every day. Amen. I appreciate that, sir. Well, appreciate you guys listening in to The Bar here every Tuesday. Make sure you check us out on the website, thebarpodcast.com. You'll find all of our stuff there. Uh, that's all we got. Check you next Tuesday. God bless. We out. What's up, bar listeners? It's finally here, the bar exclusive content. Yes, that's right. You can sign up to receive exclusive content as low as $2 a week or $5 a month, $50 for the year to get exclusive content. What is the exclusive content? I'm glad you asked. The exclusive content is additional information from my guests, extra time with them in like the green moon setting, laid back, them asking me questions, I ask them questions, and also the Facebook group. You get a invitation to the Facebook group where we will have discount codes for the bar gear and many many more make sure you sign up the links in the show notes join the vip inside the bar group and we'll see you there